0: For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94,000. Hope you enjoy the message. Hi, I'm Brendan Baker, and if you knew me, you probably know that I'm pretty into basketball. Kind of known for that. But what most people don't know is why. I love basketball because it teaches me how to be a better teammate. When somebody talks about basketball like it's stupid or like it doesn't matter, it bugs me because basketball is way more than putting a ball into a hoop. Most people think I'm crazy, but the truth is basketball is way more than a sport to me. That's why I'm constantly talking about it, because you can't really know me unless you know what matters to me. It's not just a sport, it's personal. What's up? I love you. I love you, too. You guys are so energetic. How are you guys doing? 2021 off to a great start. Are you laughing at my clean, shaven face, Michael? You know, thank you. I was, I woke up this morning, I woke up like this. I was Beyonce. Basically, that's what happened. Um, No, I woke up and I decided I was going to shave a little bit. And then I was like, eh, it's 2021. Why not look like you're 15? So here we are. Awkward silence. Um, <laughs> I haven't clean shaven my face in quite some time. Um, the last time I did it, my kids screamed and wouldn't come to me. So we're making slow progress. So how many of you guys, your year is off to a decent start? Like if you were to rank it one out of 10, you'd be like, eh, it's What's today's day? It's a third. Like, it's a five out of ten already. Anyone? What if it's higher than a five out of ten? Like, it's, like, pretty good. How many of you, your year so far is still a ten out of ten? Like, nothing has gone wrong so far. Awesome. How many of you is less than five? Like, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Yeah, Michael doing the church lady wave. I like it. Um, My year so far has started off pretty great. I would say it's about a 8.5 out of 10, I think. I, I, I don't know why. It's just, you know, it is. Um, Alabama beat Notre Dame, Dame, however you say it, Roll Tide. Um, it's not important they lost. Now, what is interesting to me um, is Morgan's an Ohio State fan. Anyone know that, that Morgan's an Ohio State fan? Van um, Wagner, that's what I said. Like, how do you live in Illinois and you're an Ohio State fan? Cheer for the Salukis. Come on. Um, So I'm pretty sure me and Morgan are going to come up with some great bet or something that we're going to do that if Alabama wins, he has to do something. And if Ohio State wins, he'll have to do something. Um, But I'm not creative, so I can't come up with it off the top of my head. Um, So my break. It's been like two weeks since we've seen you guys. How many of you, your breaks were decent? Morgan went to the beach. I was jealous of that. Um, Anyone else go to the beach over Christmas break? No. No. (laughs) Are you jealous of that too, Jacob? (laughs) Jacob had a little base of that. No. You went to the beach? Nice. Anyone go camping or go to a cabin or Dollywood or Opryland or who stayed home? Awesome, how many of you got to see your family, like extended family? How many of you just spent Christmas with your immediate family? How many of you didn't leave your room for two weeks? Anybody play Xbox for more than 24 hours in one sitting? PlayStation, one sitting, impressive. Impressive. Just put a diaper on and go for it. Um. (laughs) What? PC PC gamer, are you a PC gamer, Maddie? I feel like you low-key are. What, what game do you play, Maddie? You're not going to say. Roblox and Minecraft on PC. Yeah, let's give it up for Maddie, yeah. She's also single, so if you like a girl that knows how to get down on some PC, Roblox, and Minecraft, she's your gal. Um, So let me start with an awkward story from when I was a freshman in high school. When I was a freshman in high school, I played the saxophone in the marching band. Anyone else in the room play the saxophone? Yes, one of the best instruments known to men. I wasn't cool enough to play the trombone, or the tuba, or the trumpet, or even the drums. Um, I tried really hard to play the drums because I was black. Let's just be honest, and I thought I had rhythm, and they said, no, here's a saxophone. So when I was a freshman in high school, I played the saxophone in the marching band. It was what I looked forward to my entire middle school year. So I did other sports, but I thought marching band was the coolest thing ever. Looking back, I don't know if it is or not, but I practiced and practiced and practiced so that I could make the marching band in high school and the other guys in the saxophone section were probably some of the coolest people that I knew. Most of them were older than me, which was kind of cool. Okay, it was really cool. And in marching band, there was always a trip to competitions. How many of you guys in the room are in marching band or have done marching band? Um, It's okay, raise your hand. It's 2021, marching band's cool now. Um, It wasn't cool when I was in high school. But anyways, that's a story for another day, TiVo Wounds. Um, And they took a trip during fall break to a competition that was out of state where we competed against other marching bands across our region. And we got to hang out with other people who actually like talking about band stuff. If you're in band, you know what band stuff is. If you're not in band, I can't tell you or they'll kill me. So on the first night of the competition, we were in the stadium, and I was hanging out with some of the guys near the snacks, and this girl from another school in our district came up and was talking to us. Okay, to be fair, she wasn't really talking to us. She was talking to my buddy, Jason, and he was like the lead guy. He was way older. He was the section leader of the saxophones, as we, I can't tell you what we called ourselves. I almost said it. Um, The saxophones, that's what we called ourselves, um, because band kids are original, Um, And he was way cooler than everyone else in our section And for being the type of stand-up guy he was Jason turned to introduce her to everyone that was in our group He said, hey, this is Darius, and this is Kyle, and this is Holden And he got to me and said, this guy And he paused, and we had that awkward look When you look at someone and you're like, I don't know your name He goes, sorry, dude, I don't remember your name Ouch, right? It was definitely the perfect time to play one of those sad saxophone notes. You know how they do that? And, of course, it was my turn to respond, and in that five seconds, something became very clear to me, and that was that we weren't good friends at all, or as I thought we were. I mean, he didn't, I didn't talk much in the group. I was a freshman. They were all juniors and seniors, so I just kind of sat there and was in their atmosphere I was literally in his section. We had sat on the bus ride for hours, and he didn't even know my name. Have any of you ever been there? Like where you thought you were, the, were tight with someone, and you figured out your friendship or your relationship wasn't as deep as you thought it was. Anyone ever been there? Just just freshman Tivo. Awesome. Thanks, Cade. Shout out to Cade. Um, It's not a great feeling because deep down, I think we all live with this expectation. Relationships shouldn't be fake. They shouldn't be shallow, and they shouldn't make you feel like you could spend a huge amount of time with someone and be easily forgotten. So regardless of whether or not you're a really social person, I think we could all agree that when it comes to our relationships with our friends or the people we spend a lot of time with, we want real ones. Not fake ones. I've never met anyone that's like, I really want some fake friends in my life. I've just It's never happened. I don't want fake friends, friends who feel like they have to pretend around me, who don't care as much as they act like they do or who don't even really know me. I mean, it's 2021. We're going to leave the fake friends in 2020. Who's with me? I thought that was going to get a better response than it did. Thanks, guys. Just leaving me out. It's a great start. See, I went from like a 7.5. I'm now like hovering around a six. You didn't even say anything, Chloe. Chloe, I was looking at you for confirmation. I'm sorry, It's all she could say. Awesome, Chloe. I, Chloe, are you a fake friend? Oh, okay. Lucas will talk later. So whether it's the people you hang out with from your band or your teammates or the people you have a group chat with. Are you trying to blind me, Mariah? Is that what's happening with your phone and this light thing? It's working, by the way. Um, the people you have a group chat with, we all want more than just that. In a word, we want our relationships to be personal. You see, there's a cheat code, by the way, or a shortcut, if you will, of figuring out if a relationship is personal or not. It's quite easy. I will stand on this stage and say, I do what I'm about to say all the time. So if I've done this to you, I apologize. I'm working on it. But you know, if somebody is not personal with you, they use generic names like buddy or chief or yo guy or what's up friend and they don't ever say your name you've probably experienced this kind of fakeness somebody acts like they care about you they act like they're your friend and they keep referring to you as hey guy or what's up fam you say that heather Do you, uh, i say i'm more like a southern grandma I'm like hey babe. oh a southern grandma that doesn't know anyone's name huh I know <laughs> I'm horrible at names, Heather. Um, But they say something other than your name, the one that you've literally lived with for years, because you guessed it, it's just like my friends from the band practice. They don't even know your name, and people knowing our names matters, right? I would say so. It makes us feel important. It makes us feel known. It makes us feel like there's a connection between us and the person who knows our name. Nobody wants a fake friend or a fake relationship, but you know what the opposite of fake is, right? Real, right? I totally agree that when it comes to sunglasses, art, or anything else you buy from wish.com, the opposite of fake is real. But when it comes to relationship, I think there's a better word than real. Actually, I think the word that is the opposite of fake when it comes to relationship is personal. Think about it. Someone can be real with you without knowing you personally. They can be cool with you without being close to you. They can even know something about you, like what math class you're in, or they may even notice something like what brands you wear, but that doesn't make it personal. Being personal puts somebody in a whole different category, and that's what this series that we're going to embark on at the beginning of this year is all about. If I ask you to name everyone you can think of who knows your name, how many people do you think would be on that list? If I ask you to think of every person that you know that knows your name, how many people would be on that list? Just shout out a number 300. 300. uh, Your whole high school knows your name? You're popular, aren't you, Maddie? Go black cats. Also, I wonder if you did make that list, would you put God on that list? Mm, Jesus, Jude, we're starting out strong. Here's the thing. Some of you may have grown up hearing that God knows your name. There is a bunch of examples in the Bible talking about how God knows us closely. Like this one in Luke chapter 12, it says, indeed, the very hairs on our head are numbered. Seriously, that is getting pretty personal. While we all might think it's a little strange to know how many hairs there are on our heads, some of us struggle with the idea of God really knowing us. Maybe you feel like, does God really know me? Or is he more like the football coach that just says, hey, buddy, to me for four straight years and doesn't really know me? But there can be a lot of reasons why you feel that way about God. You might feel like he doesn't seem personal because you can't see him, you can't hear him talk to you when you're praying, or maybe you don't really know much about God, or maybe if you're being honest, you don't even care much about God, so it feels strange to think he'd know your name or even care about you. Maybe you've met Christians who don't seem to care about you or care to get to know you, so why would their God care or get to know you? Maybe you think he doesn't seem personal because if he's real, if he's just so big, if he created everything, what makes us so important that he would know us personally and individually? I mean, let's pretend that we all believe in a God who created everything. I don't know what you believe personally tonight, tonight, but let's just pretend that, that we believe in a God who created everything. Are we to believe that the God that created this, knows my name. So this is a picture of the Sombrero Galaxy. Not kidding, that's the actual name of this galaxy. It's a galaxy found in the constellation Virgo, which has 31, which is 31 million light years from Earth. The God that created this, does he know my name? The God created the Butterfly Nebula, does he know my name? So this is the Butterfly Nebula. I think that's Pretty cool. It's a planetary nebula in the constellation Scorpius. It's the most complex constellation ever observed. The central star is one of the hottest stars known, with a surface temperature that exceeds 450 K degrees. Am I expected to believe that the God that created that knows me personally? The last one is this it's called the Pillars of Creation. It's made of intergastular gas and dust, and it is some 6,500 to 7,500 light years from Earth. I mean, that personally to me looks like a couple of wolves howling at the moon, but it's really cool. I love space and stars and things if you can pick up on that. The gas and the dust in this picture are in the process of creating new stars while being eroded by the light from nearby stars that have been recently formed. We are to believe that a God so big and so powerful that c- could create all of those things has enough time and energy to know how many hairs are on our head. Why would he even care? Well, I think all of these things are actually some real and understandable reasons. I believe that he does. I believe that he cares for me and he cares for you. He cares for each one of you in this room. I believe that he knows not just my name, but he knows your name as well, and that he will always have our backs. And here's why I think that. Fakeness is literally the opposite of how Jesus lived. He got personal with basically every person he met. He knew their names, he knew their stories, one of the people who Jesus interacted with that helps me believe that God is a personal God was a guy named Zacchaeus. Now, we'll be talking about Zacchaeus for the next few weeks, so let me give you a little background information about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, which to you might not seem like a huge deal in our culture, but back then, tax collectors were evil and basically considered scammers and traitors. First off, Zacchaeus was a Jewish guy working for the Roman Empire, an empire nation that basically bullied the Jewish people. That's not bad enough, but tax collectors were not exactly stand-up dudes. They'd always collect more than what they were actually supposed to collect. And when they collected more, they pocketed the rest or the excess of what they collected. A tax collector was kind of like the guy that steals the money that you're collecting for school by selling candy bars and never turns it into the school. Anyone have a person like that in your school? Just me? Cool. It might have been my brother. I don't know. Um, And this guy was not just a tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. Not good. The worst of the worst. So at this point in Jesus' life, he had gotten from being a casual carpenter's son to being A pretty big deal. He was known at this point as a guy that performed all kinds of miracles, and anywhere he traveled, there were always these huge crowds that would gather around him. By this point, everywhere he went, crowds would gather and try to get a glimpse of this rabbi Jesus who was healing people and performing miracles. That's what happened this day when Jesus was passing through the town of Jericho on his way to Jerusalem and met this guy named Zacchaeus. Here's how the interaction is recorded by Luke, a guy who interviewed real people who witnesses Jesus' life and ministry. We can read it in Luke chapter 19. It says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to murder, m- not murder, that would have been awkward, <laughs> began to mutter he has gone to be with the guests of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, "Look, Lord, here I, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount." Jesus said to him, "Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost." So let's break this down just a little bit out of a giant crowd following Jesus to Jerusalem in the giant crowd of people in Jericho just trying to get a peek at Jesus as he passes us through Jesus stops and he chats with Zacchaeus maybe the most hated man in the whole town this is a huge deal getting this kind of attention from Jesus is crazier than if your favorite celebrity randomly started following you on Instagram and commenting on all of your pictures That's how I feel when Cade comments on my pictures. I know. It was a joke, Cade. LOL. Not only did Jesus call out the guy who was watching from the tree, but did you notice that Jesus called him by name? He didn't say, hey, big guy, or hey, you. He called him by his name, Zacchaeus. And not only does Jesus call him by name, but Jesus invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house. Everyone else knows how much of an honor this is, and they look, and look how they responded. But the people were so displeased, he had gone to be a guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Okay, maybe you wouldn't use the word grumbled, but basically they were haters. This was the guy they didn't like. Maybe even no one liked him in the entire town. Nobody would have wanted to be seen hanging out with him. He wasn't good for their reputation. And yet Jesus goes straight for this guy that no one else would go for. But real talk, why do we care? Because I think this isn't just a story about Zacchaeus. It's about Jesus and how he treats people. You see, he paid attention to the guy on the sidelines, the guy who annoyed everyone, the guy who nobody was noticing, the guy I bet nobody cared to try to learn his name. The guy that Jesus made sure to know, and he used his name. And by the way, he does the same thing for you. You see, Jesus knows your name too. This is how God sees us. Yes, he is the God who created the whole universe and everything that we looked at tonight in the galaxies. Yes, he's the God who's always been around, and it hurts our brains to even try to comprehend how he has no beginning but he knows you personally. Ben, you guys can go ahead and make your way back up. So all of this might feel a little ridiculous to you. Maybe the the entire idea of faith feels a little crazy, a little far-fetched. That's okay. You see, like Zacchaeus, the best thing for some of us to do this week is to find a way to see ourselves the way that Jesus sees us. Zacchaeus probably had no intention of totally changing his life when he first got up in the tree. He just wanted to see what all the hype was about, but he was just taking his first step towards seeing Jesus for himself. So no matter what you think about Jesus or faith or Christians, I want you to know this. It's personal because Jesus knows your name. For some people, that doesn't always sit well. You might have questions about that. You might have doubts about that, and that's okay. But what would it look like for you to hop up in a tree to get a better look at Jesus? Not a real tree, but just in your mind, what would it look like for you to pursue Jesus, to rethink or reimagine what God is like, to start asking some of those questions Maybe those questions might sound like this. What is God like, really? Like if you were to sit there and think through 2020 or things that have happened to you in your past, where was God in those moments? What is he like? What have you experienced? As Morgan talked about, looking at nature, what is God like, really? Then you might ask yourself, what does God say about me? Like, what does God's word reveal about who I am if I'm a Christian and I'm found in him? Or maybe your question might sound like this. What does God say about the people around me? If we're called to minister to the people around us, if we're called to love God and love people, what does God say about the people that are around us? You see, basically, Jesus changed the way everybody thought about God. Something happens when we recognize that the God of the universe is a personal God. It's why I love stars and astronomy so much. Just being out in nature, sitting in the middle of a dark field and looking at stars reminds me of how small we are in comparison to everything that God controls. It changed Zacchaeus' life. It's already changed the life of so many people that's in this room. It's changed my life. That God of the universe is a personal God. But you see, it doesn't stop there. We've talked about how powerful it is to be known by God personally, that he knows your name, he knows you, he cares about you. But if that's true for you, that's also true about the person that's sitting next to you. It's true about your siblings, your siblings, It's true about your parents or the kid at school that annoys you or the teacher that you can't stand. If God wants to know you personally, he also wants to know them personally. Here's what I'm getting at. A relationship with Jesus is always personal. It's personal for you, it's personal for me. So let me ask you, how can you make it personal for other people? Your piano teacher, your basketball coach, that person you know in your science class, the girl who always ends up in your group projects but never does any of the work, the guy who gets on your nerves, your best friend's little brother, the guy who maybe forgot your name that one time, they all matter just like you matter, just like I matter. And here's why that's a big deal. The people around you may not know God cares about them personally until you care about them personally. And here's some of the best ways I think that you can show people around you that you care about them. The first one is to learn their names. It's very simple, learn their names. The second one is learn the right way to pronounce their name. Anyone in the room have a weird name? That's a weird question. A great name, but people find it weird and they don't know how to pronounce it and they don't know how to spell it. Mariah, I feel that. Um, Any of you ever go to Starbucks and they write the wrong name on your cup or they misspell it? JC always spells mine's right, so... It's not about J.C., but some of J.C.'s coworkers. She writes Tivo. Hush, Cade. <laughs> Say what? No. Oh my gosh! I get distracted so easy, and everyone's talking. To me, right? <laughs> but that's how I feel when I'm at Starbucks, um, or if you get that substitute teacher who just. Absolutely slaughters your name. Anyone ever been in there? Yes, yes, it's great. And the last thing is this. Use their name when you see them. This is the one that I have the hardest time with. Like, I could probably name a fourth of this room, and then it gets a little dicey, and then I'll just start going to generic names or saying, what's up, buddy? Hey, friend. What's up, fam? But we're working on it. That's why you're supposed to wear your name tags, Michael. It's under, it's under your shirt. What good is that, Michael? <laughs> so I know all of this might seem extremely basic, and you might be asking yourself why it's a big deal. Because knowing someone's name, it's the absolute simplest thing you can do to communicate that someone matters. And you don't ever know that if someone doesn't feel like they matter, using their name might just have a huge impact on them. Michael? Michael. So it's an easy way to do this. is with the people who are younger youth. So think about a couple years ago. What if you had some upperclassmen who genuinely took the time and interest to learn about your life? How would that have made you feel? I remember being in middle school, all I wanted to do was hang out with the older kids. Upperclassmen, I'm going to challenge you to do that for the freshmen and sophomores And freshmen and sophomores, I'm going to challenge you to find some middle schoolers and get to know them personally, get to know their names. Because you see, we have a personal God. He also happens to be a personal God who is also mind-blowing, powerful, ridiculously creative, and overly graceful. But he still knows each of us by name. One of the greatest ways that we can point people to this kind of personal God is by modeling the things that he models for us. So, if you guys will bow your heads and close your eyes, I want to end with these last couple of statements. We believe every person here is loved and known personally by Jesus. And because of that, we want you to always have a group of people who know you personally, who know your name, who know your story. That's why we do a lot of what we do. That's why we have small groups on some Sundays. That's why we have tribe groups on other Sundays. That's why we are trying to be very intentional with the time that we have to make sure that you are known personally. We believe that no one should come in the door and feel like they don't fit or like no one knows them. Jesus always made it personal with the people around him, and you can too, by simply knowing someone's name. After all, this is our tribe. Let me pray for you. God, I just thank you for us being able to see the beginning of another year. For a lot of us, 2020 was hard. It was a year that we would wish we could do over. A lot of things were taken from some of us, whether it was sports or a consistent schedule or seeing our friends in school or even eating in restaurants or going on family vacations. And I pray that no matter what happens in 2021, that you would make us a people that are personal, that you would help us to seek out the people around us, that you would help us to reach out to people, to get to know them on a personal level, to invite them into our tribe, to invite them into the life change that we're experiencing. God, I thank you for every person that's in this room. I thank you for their desire to come to church to learn more about you. I thank you for the friends in this room that have invited friends to come to church as well. I pray that as we go back into worship, that we'll use these last couple of songs and not just sing them as words off of a screen, but we make them a prayer to you. That we use this time that we're about to enter into, um, as Morgan said, to just. Think of ways that we can make 2021 better than 2020 was. Maybe that looks like starting a first 15 of with you in the morning or in the afternoon of just spending five minutes in prayer, or five minutes in worship, and reading our Bibles for five minutes. God, I pray that as we do start on these journeys to get to know you better, to be better spiritually in 2021, that even when we stumble or even when we make mistakes, that we can find grace and hope in you. Thank you for my friends that are in this room. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.